Hello and welcome to The Array, the official podcast of the Audiovisual Cultural Forum. My name is Chris Power, Chairman of AVCF, and in the studio with me at the moment is Gabriel Thorpe. Hello there. And the inimitable Karen Warden. Howdy. We're here with a key supporter of AVCF, and his name is Graham Massey. Yay! 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 General enthusiasm through the room there, which is what we liked. What we like to hear. It's a great and, welcome. And it's a great welcome. And topic for discussion today is to wrap up the IAV19 event, which we held at Reba, and we'd be interested to hear what he has to say as an outside observer and a key supporter. That's the whole purpose. Now, usually, we would not reveal the identity of our guest today, but it does not mean that he cannot be thrown to the hounds before we start. What's your name? What? <laughs> uh, my, my name's Graham. Where'd you come from? Uh, London. And uh, what do you do? Uh, audiovisual recruitment. Why recruitment? Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting story, a long one, but I'll keep it short. Basically, when I was at university, I did some work on a building site for a recruitment company. I left university, worked for the civil service, wasn't sure what to do. And the very person that I worked for rang me up one day and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, not much. And he said, look, I've got a job in recruitment and it was construction. So I just thought, let's go for it. And that's absolutely true story. And then from there, I moved into from electrical installation, M and E recruitment into audiovisual recruitment. How do you know Chris? Uh, oh, that's a good one. I met Chris, I think, back in nineteen. Actually, no, just two thousand and one. I think the first time I met Chris, and it was at the British Museum, and we were there to talk about recruitment, and we. I think we ended up supplying a consultant to advise Chris on restructuring the department at the British Museum. What do you like about AV? I think the best thing I like about AV is that it's creative technology and the people involved in audiovisual are always enthusiastic and they are intelligent and they have a sense of yeah, creativity, but it's techni- uh, technologically sorry, technologically driven. So as a sector, I've always been interested in it because I started in engineering recruitment and then I progressed into AV. So yeah, I like the creative element of it. What's your favourite pastime? Favourite pastime is running a lot, if I get the chance, and a long way. <laughs> Tomatoes or cucumber? Cucumber every single time. I agree. Oh. Always the cucumber. Well, that's not as controversial as the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Graham, you're a key supporter, as you've said. Yep. Yep. You met me back in the old days, the olden yep. days. It yep. seems like the olden days yep. when um, I was trying to build my team at the British Museum and. You thought it was a good idea to get an outside consultant because, as we probably all know, a lot of us, if you're working with institutions, you're never king in your own country. Mm. So can you tell us how 
that developed into your involvement with AVCF and yep. specifically IEV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of our initial involvement with AV Cultural Forum, I think we, at the time, 2001, 2002, we, we started supplying to museums and some universities. And I think when we met, we both thought, good idea perhaps to link some of these sort of like-minded people and we at the time were looking to assist and move into more on-site support. We'd had quite a strong footing in the corporate market, particularly banks and law firms, but I think the interest in delivering and supporting live events within the cultural sector was always something that we were very interested in moving into. So it was partly a commercial decision, but equally a genuine interest in the arts, museums, culture. And I think establishing AVCF was absolutely integral to assisting people within those organisations and institutions to communicate. Yeah, it seemed very, very kind of a natural progression. Didn't really have to think about it much, but... I was, especially in the early meetings, you suddenly found that there were a lot of people that were thinking exactly the same things, yeah. acted in similar ways, yeah. problem solving, a lot of creativity, like you say, yeah. and fast forwarding over a lot of historical things, we got to putting on more formal events, which brings us to mm. the IAV, which stands for Intelligent AV yeah. at Reba. So what were your views of the actual, that last event? I think, I think IAB19 from our perspective, well, from a personal perspective, I should say, actually, I think were, you had some very, very interesting speakers in terms of delivering concepts on lighting, um, certainly talking about alternatives to green screens and how you might you know, deliver immersive environments. And then we had other speakers talking about academic developments, um, particularly in terms of encouraging new talent into the industry. So I think it embraced both technology as well as addressing the issue of how to consider how we might all attract new people into the industry. And of course the keynote was Glenn from the British Museum in respect to archiving, which was absolutely fascinating. I think that probably was one of the most well-received um, talks. Yeah, I kind of thought it was a, the programme held much better together as a whole this year. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that, as an example, I think, uh, Karen, you were speaking to someone on the day. How, do, how was that? Uh, yeah, I had a, a little podcast table, which uh, people could come along and have a chat to me so we could add them to this podcast but it no one wanted to really they were very shy quite a shy bunch but I uh, my first guest was Charlie Morgan Jones he was um, a guest of White Light on the day and he's a lighting designer and he's worked with White Light for quite a lot of years they've kind of embraced him into their fold and they're his go-to supplier for hiring kit and uh, he came to the podcast table and had a, a chat would you like to have a listen yeah let's listen to what he had to say okay cool
it was great for so many reasons. It was great business outside of London. It's, you know, you have the convenience of being half an hour from London, but the greenery of being in Kent. It's got good connections. It's got good facilities. It has excellent teachers. Yeah, I can't think of anywhere else I would have gone to. And at the time when I went, it was the only lighting design course in the country. Oh, really? Yeah, so that, that obviously swayed me much because I didn't want to do technical theatre and design. I wanted to do design. So the competition must have been quite short. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rachel will tell you, I blacked my way into university, basically, on the telephone to her oh, in oh, really? 2008. Did you sweet talk her into it? I think it? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. You charming. Yeah, well, I'm hardly. <laughs> Yes, it was. Um, I was very lucky to go there, and I had a wonderful, enriching time, and met wonderful people um, who are still incredibly good friends now, which is great, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it's amazing. So, uh, when did you graduate? How long ago? I graduated in 2000. Okay. Do I mean that or do I mean 10? No, I think I mean 11. And you've worked ever since? I mean, I, I was born up in the West End for an awfully long time, but I, I was enormously lucky with my bosses. Um, Spent the time off to go and do lighting for me. So I would pick them up on Friday and say, Well, next week I'm not going to be in. I'm sorry, I've got to go and do whatever. And they'd say, Well, you've sorted out the debt. Yes, I have. I'll break this one. So I, I mean, I was in a very privileged position to be able to do that. But yeah, I worked. I've done that. Lighting design ever since. I suppose I called myself a lighting designer when I had my first big tour. Which was Avenue Q in 2014. When that happened, it was the sort of show where suddenly I was saying to people, I'm lighting Avenue Q, and they'd heard of it. Before that, it was like you know, quite a weird fringe show that no one's ever heard of. So that was thrilling. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So um, you've come to IAB today as a guest of White Light, and you've just done your talk. And uh, how did you find your talk? I mean, I'm not a public speaker by any sense of the imagination, um, so it was terrifying, but it went well, I think. Yeah. And some people seem to like it. Yeah. Which is all I can ask for. I spent my life in the shadows, so. Yes. Well, I think it was a nice insight into what goes into the lighting design and how, as a lighting designer, you had to incorporate AV and how to work with AV, which you probably did you study AV as well? No, no, just lighting. So working with AV was, was a departure from, and not that I was directly working with it, I guess, it wouldn't be a video designer, um, but it was a departure for me because I didn't know how to interact with it. Uh, and so that was interesting and fun. Because, as I said, I keep saying, you get to create worlds. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. You go to the theatre to lose yourself. And in order for that to happen, you have to create these very clear worlds. Otherwise, you know, there's no fun in it. Well, I mean, Wagner's Riverside is musically incredibly complex and deeply, deeply beautiful. And it's based on, on fairy tales, essentially. And he just writes, you, know, you turn the page and suddenly I say, oh, now you're in the mines, by the way. Oh, okay, right, so we'll create a mine. And the next one, oh, and now you're in the waiting room of the gods. Okay, that's the exact opposite of the mines, okay? <laughs> and then you turn the page again and say, oh, right, now you're underneath the Rhine, the river Rhine. Right, okay. And just what think, does that look like? <laughs> how, do you, how do you begin to create those worlds, which is where the video came in, because it just was the, you know, if you're at Covent Garden, you have the facility to fly in things and, and uh, Enormous wing space. At Long Professor Opera, the space between us now, which is about two feet, is, is, is what you have in the wing. And so, video was integral to create those worlds, and then we, as lighting, matched up with that. And together we created this beautiful piece. Oh, I thought it was beautiful. Obviously, uh, yes, <laughs> not subjective. But, uh, but uh, yes, it was, it, it was wonderful. And it 
a, jo- a, a joyous experience to work with. We had the greatest creative team. Maybe Lane was the director. We had on Brands, our designer, Emma Wyatt, our costume designer, and Tim Baxter, our video designer, who designed the video from Matilda um, to the West And just working with those four people, we, we just gelled as this team, which is, you know, it's everything every creative ever dreams of and very rarely gets, I think. And when you find those people, you stick with them. Yeah, you get to do great things. So what got you into the white light, your relationship with white light? Well, I graduated white light, sent me an email, chat from one of my great friends, sent me an email, so we'd like to meet this group, maybe help me out with some shows. And I met him, and they helped me out with some shows, and we've had a very close working relationship. They do most of my shows, not all of them, you know, because obviously some producers prefer them in my company, which is fine. But I try and have white light on most of my shows. They know me, which I like, they know get on when I hire, and I've uh, become good friends with quite a lot of people that I which is, again, it's important. Uh, the, the personal relationship is what I love about my job. Apart from creating likes and stuff, I like that people know who I am. I don't mean that in an Arabic way, I mean that in a, I like it in a way, right? which is it's so nice to be able to read. Someone on their personal mobile, so I have a bit of a problem with some clients with you, aren't they? And they go, oh, Yes, actually, we, yeah, we can because we're friends, not because we have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. I've been nurtured by one of us, but it's not really nice and lucky to be in their partnership, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're very good to me. They're very good to me. They're nice people. That's why I didn't get myself. Okay, well, uh, thank you. So there you go, what did we think? I quite like Charlie. What fascinated me about his chat was basically he doesn't work with AV per se, but he has to learn to work with it, or as people introduce it more into their theatrical productions, he has to understand how light interacts with it, so that he was telling me about how Little Shop of Horrors, the only AV in it was actually a small monitor screen at the the front, I think it must have been in the shop window or something, Mm -hmm. and although he didn't have control of it or anything, he had to understand that any light he emitted onto the stage would reflect or interact with that screen in a yeah. unwelcome way. Yeah. And that was his start of working with audiovisual. And he's been done other stuff since, but there's always been a team of video professionals who have done that. Yeah. And he's yeah. just had to work with them. So, mm. yeah, it was quite interesting. I think I think one of the key words he mentioned right at the start was fun. It's fun. It's fun. And, I, you know, I thought... You know, he talks about creating worlds, he talks about the importance of music, and he talks about creating an experience. And I know that's something that in the professional audiovisual world that's quite that's quite um poignant and Well it's all the immersive the yeah. stuff that's on at the moment. Everything has to be immersive yeah. and people experiential where you have to be involved yeah. and yeah. make it fun for Yeah, so is it is it fun though? <laughs> Yes. Well, I thought it's, one, of the, one of the things I liked about it is is he's he's very open to any kind of influences that are coming in. So he's very flexible, yeah. like a lot of good AV people. They're just open, and ultimately, they're all subservient to the story because usually all these things 
Well, no, exclusively, I think. All of these things are mm. stories, which, in the end, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a lighting designer or whether you're an audio-visual technician delivering an event, you're there to convey the story of whatever is happening. Yeah. And that's he's, he's, he doesn't seem to have any barriers, so whatever can come along, he'll use it, and, and that's why I think it's so interesting. Mm. Creating stories and creating worlds. The sort of subversive side of me, when he said, and then cut to the mines, couldn't help saying, check out number four, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So anyway, but yeah. um, it's not the only person you had a run-in with, so you talked to Ian Smart as well, is that right? I did. Ian Smart is the AV guy at the Royal College of... Vin- Anaesthetists. An- Anaesthetists. Anaesthetist. Anaesthetist. Yeah, it's, it's like, there's probably lots of material you could use there as well, but we won't because he's probably heard them all before. Yeah, I think so. But how was yeah. he? He did tell me how in America they don't, they don't pronounce it anaesthetist. It's something else. Well, no. oh, tomato? Aluminum. Aluminum. No, I shall play the clip and we'll uh, work that out while it's on. <laughs> Shop and I left school was working in a t-shirt printing shop, then I worked in a garage, then I 
uh, become a hospital reporter and uh, worked uh, in the X-ray department. So the technical lines came up. But my dad used to do a lot of video cameras. He had back in the 80s a video camera. So that got me into it. He used to do stage stuff as well. He was a stage manager for a amateur dramatics team. And it kind of that stuck in me. So when I eventually working in nightclubs and you know, push my career because that would be a job I've got a job working for a little media company doing video editing and different road shows and like that and then about nine about nine years ago I've never done it from that I've worked in a college and so it's my school set has changed completely and I've fallen into it I've not decided that was what I wanted to do it's just I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love I love making AV accessible and easy for people to use if they if they're prepared to try and use it. Yeah. So uh, what have you done at the uh, There's eighteen rooms in total. I've got five smallish meeting rooms. I have two galleries, two halls, the lecture is a cafe. I've got big meeting rooms that are So, yeah, I think that's very interesting. So, and he, he touched upon education and apprenticeships and everything, which was the way it veered through the program. That's what it sort of became. That was the emphasis. Mm. And there was Shaw and Middlesbrough College and Rachel, who we must mention, who came down from the Backstage Academy, who, who was very passionate about um, this kind of thing. And I don't think Ian really knew that that was coming up. So it's kind of a bit prescient on his part. I think it gives a good example of how people are reacting to the day and the sort of things that are happening at IAV. And I think it's obviously come into the conversation about how he is a solo working in this institution and how important it is for places like AV Cultural Forum to like broaden the horizons and be able to sort of share knowledge with people. I think there's a common, I mean, he he made a point of like I'm always alone in a silo below ground and everything, mm. and I can feel I know exactly what he means because you've I've gone through a phase like that when I was just the only person working at the British Museum, and Rachel Nicholson from Backstage Academy who was talking, and you were there as well, Graham. You were actually on that panel, mm. which was the panel, yeah. and and she was very passionate, and and I started to see things kind of come together. So, and you were taking part. What's your impression of that kind of joined-up thinking? I think I think Ian makes a good point about 
operating within a silo and I think if we quickly cast back to the origins if you like of ABCF I mean really a large part of it was driven by people wanting to communicate with other people within other silos if you like let's call it like that but you know Ian's point about the need or certainly the desire to share knowledge you know in terms of his audiovisual knowledge and know-how um, is <clears throat> I think very very common when we go to lots of different if you like cultural organizations um, where people do feel a little bit isolated um, some of which some some people may have worked there for a short period of time some may have been there many many years but there's a common theme here that AV as a career and Rachel Nicholson as you rightly say of Backstage Academy spoke very eloquently about how her students now view AV as a career and I think you know if you look at the attendees at IAV 19 there's an eclectic mix of both you know employers but also freelancers and also educationalists and there is a common thing which is fundamental to or which is basically AV and Ian said it isn't per se a career choice but I think now if you look at certainly Rachel's experience in how she's pushing her students to the fore in terms of qualifying for lighting degree you know qualification lighting sound uh, projection staging you know is that suddenly we're seeing a small but a revolution in higher education uh, where people are considering audiovisual as a career and you mentioned Jack Laidlaw of Middlesbrough College obviously he's instrumental along with his colleague Rob having written the first degree BSc honours degree for that matter in audiovisual technology and I think we'll see that copied by other universities um, and we are very very hopeful that that course will grow very very important to mention not just the degree course at this point but also the establishment of the first apprenticeship in audiovisual uh, which we've just started working with Jack on we're at the proposal stage so it's a six not sorry nine to twelve month process Graham Graham can I just stop you there <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I uh, no, appreciate your very passionate about this. And I think yeah. in the next episode of The Array, you're going to be going more into apprenticeships and education. Yeah. But uh, at IAV this year, I could tell you were quite passionate. So I've just created this little little thing for you to listen to. A little thing. A little thing. Oh, little thing. Actually, I'd, I'd like to start, if I may. If I may. Wow, 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 kick, 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 wow. If I was a young person, kick, 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 starting their career. I'm thinking, wow, wow. sell, it's massive, sell. massive, sell, sell, sell. Um, I personally am on a mission, it's massive, a mission, mission. the AV industry, a mission, a mission. standing there, we're stolen the virtues of the AV industry, a mission, I personally am on a mission, stolen the virtues, stolen the virtues. It's simple, really. My view is that 
It's simple, really. It's My simple, view really. it's is simple, that really. it's, it's simple, simple, really. Relatively simplistic. You're guaranteed a guaranteed job. Guaranteed a job. The advantage, the advantage the AV industry has is that you're guaranteed a job. Wow, wow. It's simple, really. There are jobs. There are jobs. 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 My message, if there was one, if there was message, one message, message, there was message, one message, there are jobs. Jobs in this industry. Wow. Wow. I chose the right course. I chose the right course. Wow. Wow. I chose the right course. There are jobs in this industry. Wow. I chose the right course. Wow, that was pretty special, actually, I'm... that thing you just did, uh, Karen, about Graham. Because I think it's quite interesting to hear him talking about how simple and... Uh... It's very simple, it's very simple and... Um... But you can't exclude the passion that that man has for, for apprenticeships, apprenticeships recruitment, recruitment, education, the whole nine yards. I think that sums it up. Yeah. I think that takes... I have to take my hat off if I had a hat. <laughs> So I think that about kind of getting wraps it up. It's been a kind of, uh, it's a potpourri. It's all about IV19. What can I say? It was great. We had a lot of fun. And um, actually, Gabriel, I think it's true. You've been spending a lot of time editing the video of the actual day. This is true. Which is, these are sound recordings and everything. But everybody that was recorded there, there's video footage, so you're editing the, those together for it? Yeah, and so I'm putting each of the lectures into little uh, videos. Well, you know, uh, I think uh, the white light segment's probably about an hour. Really? Yeah, so which it, it's made up of three different sort of lectures or talks, Q&A, stuff like that. So I think that'd be interesting. We're going to put it up on the website so everybody can, like, get so, online and have a look at what's going on there. Yeah, so not only do you get a little um, insight into the whole thing, you know, from a podcast point of view, if you're interested, you can actually go onto the site very shortly in the next week or so and actually use that as a resource and listen to the actual speeches, the sessions. That's See quite, the slides. Yeah, everything. And you've created a little animation and all sorts, I hear. It's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I think, I think that's a wrap, isn't it? Do you think? Yep, I yep. think uh, we're, we're at the end. My many thanks to my collaborators, Karen. Thank you, Chris. And to Gabe. Until next time. And of course to our special guest, who I believe is going to appear on our next episode um, with Jack Laidlaw and... Some actual students. And yeah. some actual students. Yeah. And that really will be an in-depth look at this apprentice scheme yep. and yep. apprentice. Yep. Sound like, sure, what are those? Apprentice. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. that's what the next episode of the podcast will be about. And yeah. I'm sure there'll be other surprises, lots of things in. And some of your favourites, Life in the Day and other stuff. I'm running out of things to say. So I'll say goodbye for now.